Some people take the straight path in life. But at Arizona State University, we respect your twists and turns. They make our online students more driven to excel in their professional lives. That's why our personalized suite of services empowers you with innovative resources and staff that sticks with you. Make your next turn with one of our 300-plus programs at ASU, number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Visit us at asuonline.asu.edu to learn more. Welcome to Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow with your host, In Sung Kim. Sponsored by Hope in Mission, LLC. To connect with the show, go to insungkim.org. That's I-N-S-E-O-N-G-K-I-M dot O-R-G. Or listen to Insung on oneplace.com. And now it's time for Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow with your host, In Sung Kim. Hello, this is In Sung Kim from Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. We have an encouraging message from the Mr. Michael Johnson, president of the Slavic Gospel Association based in Illinois, and sharing and funding the humanitarian aid to Ukraine Jews in Israel in the Christ name. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yes, and what an encouraging story. All we hear in the social media is about the war. Now we're hearing there are so many courageous uh, Christians in doing mighty work that as God led them. So thank you so much for for being a part of it. Please share mm-hmm. with us. Uh, I was really um, reading the story that a lot of Ukraine Jewish uh, left Ukraine but end up facing another war in Israel. Yes. Um, so in our previous conversation, yeah. um, we had talked about, um, the in detail, we talked about the the, the war in, in, between the Russians and the Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. And so just for context, mm-hmm. uh, again, our ministry was established in 1934 by a man named Peter Danica. And so Peter had a developed, the Lord really worked in his heart, and he he, did, he had a tremendous burden for Russian and Ukrainian Jews, and also Jews from uh, Belarus and some of the surrounding countries as well. And so he just, he developed um, um, ministry in the former Soviet Union uh, to Jewish people in terms of theological training for for Jewish Christians living in those countries. But then he tra- began to travel to uh, Israel in the 40s, when it was still known as Palestine, mm-hmm. and um, and our ministry sent a missionary into uh, that part of the world uh, to do theological training for uh, for for Israeli Jewish Christians mm-hmm. who were living in Israel, um, and then uh, he would evangelize and equip and train church planters and pastors and send them out. Uh, specifically into the Russian and Ukrainian communities uh, in Israel to evangelize and plant churches. Mm-hmm. And so right now uh, it's estimated, I keep getting different numbers, but it's estimated there's probably anywhere between a quarter and a third of the population in Israel is either Russian or of Russian descent. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it represents a fairly significant percent of the country. And so there is a strong network of Russian and Slavic churches in Israel. 
And so for us, about 15 years ago, we began, we, we further ramped up our mission, missionary and ministry activity in Israel. And we partnered with a, uh, with a ministry called One for Israel that has a school uh, in Netanya called the Israel College of the Bible. So our ministry sponsors and supports uh, the largest uh, training program in Israel of Russian Jewish believers uh, as pastors and church planters and, min- and missionaries, and then who are being sent out into Israel to evangelize primarily the Russian-speaking or Ukrainian-speaking populations in Israel to lead these people to Christ and um, and continue to grow their churches and plant new churches. So it's quite a significant uh, evangelism and church planting activity that we're involved in there, and um, because obviously God is interested in seeing his chosen people come to faith in Yeshua, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, And so we're a part of that, and we're in the middle of that. So fast forward, uh, I was in Israel uh, the, the day that uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm. And we had been in discussions with the, um, um, with the, uh, the, the leadership of the Ukrainian Baptist churches, or what they would call the Baptist Union, and we had put plans in place in the event that the war did take place as to how we were going to set up uh, the distribution of humanitarian aid to internally displaced people in Ukraine. Mm. So when the war started, uh, I was in Israel, and I was traveling with our pastors and church planters, and they told me that one of their main ministries in connecting with people that as you know, Ukrainians, as well as Russians, but primarily as Ukrainian uh, Jews would emigrate from Ukraine into Israel, they would meet them you know, at the airport, and uh, they would help them get situated um, in their new uh, mm. country that they chose to live in and help them find jobs and help them to find places to live and help them to get orient, oriented toward you know, their new life in Israel. And a significant percentage of those people ended up settling in and around Ashkelon, which is in the southern part of Israel. Now, mm. I'm sure your, your listeners know that Ashkelon was really ground zero in the initial uh, attacks of Hamas. Mm. Because it's always ground zero, because it's the closest city mm. to Gaza, and um, uh, it's the place that gets hit first when they start uh, launching missiles into Israel. Mm. And so the, the individual, our friend Oleg, um, who, who is the main coordinator of all these efforts in Israel, uh, he's a Russian Jew. He graduated from our seminary in Ukraine. He went on to become the president of the Bible Institute in Kazakhstan, and before he came to uh, um, before he came to Israel, mm-hmm. and so he at the time was living on the tenth floor of an apartment building overlooking the Mediterranean, Mediterranean facing Gaza. Mm-hmm. And about a week, a month earlier, he and his wife were in the living room. He was working on his, his lessons for his teaching the next day. She was doing something else, and the siren went off. Mm-hmm. And um, they both stood up, and as they just walked around the corner to try to walk in to go to the um, the bomb shelter, a missile dropped into his living room and killed the woman in the oh. apartment below them. Wow! And uh, so you know he's he, he is he, you know he's he, he has suffered as a result of this, and this was before the war started uh, earlier last month. Um, mm. So when the uh, so when this 
this current conflict started, um, you know, obviously the majority of the missiles were dropped into Ashkelon. And so he was able to get his family out and get them up to Netanya. And um, and he came back, and, you know, there's there's a significant, you know, there's a group of Russian churches in and around uh, Ashkelon that all got together and began and because they were able to connect with these Ukrainian immigrants who are who fled the war from Ukraine, they now found them in a situation where they were in Israel, you know, mm. in the middle of another war. And, mm. and a lot of these people hadn't been settled yet; they hadn't found jobs. They were, didn't know what they were doing. They were stuck in their apartments, you know, walking back and forth to the bomb shelters, and they didn't know what was going to happen to them because they didn't know any. They didn't really know anybody. They weren't connected. Mm. And so Oleg and the people from the church all got together. They went out and purchased um, food and humanitarian aid, put the packets together. And because they knew where, where these people lived, they just went out and started knocking on doors. And, you know, since then, they've, they've connected with thousands and thousands of people who found themselves in desperate situations that didn't have any hope. And when they would go in uh, with the food and, you know, and other resources that were needed, you know, they'd be invited, and they'd sit down, and people would ask them, they'd say, why are you doing this? Why are you here? What motivated you to do this? And they just said, well, we're Christians. God has called us to do this. This is part of our ministry from the local church that we're involved in. And invariably, opportunities open up for them to share the gospel with these people. And um, most of the people respond very positively. Some of the people have said, listen, if you, we would love, if you had a Bible, can you give us a Bible? So they'll give them a Bible or some have even asked to start Bible studies in their apartment um, as, as time has gone on. So it's just a, it, it's a great it, it has been a great open door to people mm-hmm. that are really at the end of their ropes and don't see any hope for the future. And it was the exact same situation that they were involved in in Ukraine as they ministered to internally displaced people in Ukraine as a result of the war with Russia. Mm. So it's all about word and deed. And these people... They just have so much love in their hearts. They're so courageous. Um, you know, they were walking through the, the, the streets of Ashkelon. The missiles were flying in. There were snipers up on the roof. And and it's just a very, very dangerous place. Um, but in mm-hmm. the midst of that, they went out and ministered to these people, and they went out and met their needs. They would pray with them, and they would continue to come back and check on them to make sure that they're okay and that you know, opened up more opportunities for them to share the gospel with these folks. Oh, wow. What a story. So that's currently happening. What a story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as, as we look ahead, mm-hmm. roughly 20% of the Israeli army um, is involved in the, um, in the fighting in, in Gaza. Mm-hmm. 80% of the Russian, uh, Russian army is up north. Um, um, because of the concern with Hezbollah in the West Bank. Mm. <laughs> they anticipate that something's going to happen. Uh, obviously, there are many missiles that came at Israel, you know, in that part of the country. And so they're up there to defend uh, the country uh, from what they think is going to happen in terms of another invasion uh, into another part of the country. So, you know, we are connected to a network of churches up in that part of Israel as well, so that uh, in the event that the, the, the invasion does, does take place, there are many people that are going to be impacted and many people that will be 
uh, affected by that potential invasion as well. So they're going to need help. They're going to need humanitarian aid. They're going to need spiritual support. You know, so we're all pretty much set up and prepared uh, for that as well. And again, um, you know, because of the language issue, uh, again, there are many people that speak the Russian language, and mm-hmm. um, and so the focus of our of, of our ministry is the roughly you know a quarter to third percent of the population of Israel that are of Russian descent, which is a significant number. And we all know, again, God's love uh, for his chosen people and God's love uh, for the Jewish people and God's desire for them to be reconciled to him uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. So there's a lot of Christian in, in Israel right now then, right? Yes. Yes, right. Well, it's I mean, growing. basically... Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. There, there is. It's a democratic society, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, so there is religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I think they get some pushback and opposition from the Orthodox community in Israel, but uh, for the most part, uh, there is freedom to share the gospel with the citizens of Israel, and these people are very committed to it. <laughs> the people that we support, and again. We only have, two, in all the countries that we work in, we only have two actual missionaries that our office supports. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is uh, we, have an, we have an aviation ministry in Far East Russia, okay? Mm-hmm. And then in Israel, we sponsor Oleg as a missionary from SGA. Mm-hmm. All of the other work that we do is we equip national churches to do the work. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and that's uh, it's it's a it's a very efficient way you know, to equip committed workers and church workers throughout those countries uh, to reach uh, more people because you know they live there they know the language they know the culture um, and um, and it basically there's an open door to these people to go and administer. Yeah, yeah. So the pastor Oleg is the kind of pastor in. In Israel, right to helping. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's our main contact there. So we we mm-hmm. you know, we cover his financial support. So uh, he is he, he's just a brilliant guy, <laughs> and so so he he's the main professor in in the um, in the in the uh, in the training program at the Israel College of the Bible, where we are training uh, uh, is um, we're training uh, Russian. Jewish people who are citizens of Israel who have come to faith in Christ and who are trained to be pastors and church planters who will then be sent out to evangelize, preach the gospel, and plant new churches in Israel. Mm-hmm. And we're supporting that activity as well. Yeah. Is that okay to disclose his name, his information? In a, in, well, just giving yeah. his first name. Yeah. I'm just, okay. Yeah, technically it is because okay. there is there is real religious freedom in Israel. Okay. And um, and the thing is, but you know, if the Israeli government start if they start persecuting Christians mm-hmm. in Israel, um, you know, the evangelical Christians in America are their biggest supporters. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I, I don't think that'll bode well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like from the uh, other opposition, uh, whether he's yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, I, I didn't give you his last name. I just gave you the okay. first. Okay, is he is he American? His uh, name so, no, doesn't sound uh, right. No, he was he he is he he is uh, 
he's a Ukrainian citizen. Oh, Ukrainian pastor. Ukraine, but he speaks, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. amazing. I mean, it reminds uh, me that, I mean, I was born after Korean War, so I was not yeah. in it, but I heard a lot of stories, similar stories like that. Uh, that oh, yeah. yeah, while Korean War is happening, a lot of missionary came, and now I can vision of um, like Pastor Oleg, it's just beautiful yeah. people like that. Now I was always oh, yeah. curious about how did you know Korea, South Korea, become Christian, and now I can connect the dots, and and beautiful people like Pastor Oleg came to our country in South Korea, probably evangelized. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there are a lot of Korean, there are a lot of South Korean missionaries in the former Soviet Union. I run into a lot of them a lot, so they're very active in those countries as missionaries, yeah. Wow, but is the Soviet Soviet Union allow that? Russia allow that to missionary activity? Um, Yes or no? (laughs) Yes, you know, it's hard to... for the most part, yeah, there there were there were a lot of Western mission organizations in Russia uh-huh. before the war started. Yeah, but when the war started, mm-hmm. um, they all left. Uh-huh. So um, they either had to pull their missionaries out, or they mm-hmm. couldn't get money in to support the work, or for political reasons, they pulled out. Mm-hmm. But we continue to we continue to minister in Russia because you know we're equipping Russian nationals to do the work. So mm-hmm. as long as we can get funding in and resources in, yeah. you know, we can continue to exist and grow in those countries, grow the ministry in those countries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so if, we're like, we're, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. We're one of the only ones left in Russia right now. Oh, I see. Oh, so you are oh, okay. Your your organization is only one left in Russia. That's what you're saying. Well, right? yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So I think if we have like thirty percent of Christian in America. I think if mm-hmm. we all equip like a pastor leg in here, mm-hmm. and I think we can uh, be very strong. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. to, to more engaged in a cultural issue because yeah, all the Christian outside of the U.S. Uh, depend on our prayer and our support, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's such a different culture. And, you know, right now I'm down in Dallas uh, with meetings and mm-hmm. and um, we just got off the phone call with the with the, uh, with the president of the Russian Baptist Union, who's in town. Mm-hmm. He was able to get out of Moscow. And so uh, and at the end of the meeting, he says, he just said, we just want to let you know that uh, we are all praying for you. And uh, so I <laughs> up the phone, and one of the guys says, they're praying for us. Uh, <laughs> and so and it reminded me of what this Russian brother said to me one day. He said, you know, Michael, we pray for you all the time. I said, why is that? Yeah. He said, because we know, how much, we know how much more difficult it is to be a Christian in America than it is to be a Christian here. Yeah. And so I said, well, why is that? He said, well, you know, you guys you just have so many distractions. Know? Yeah, and and we don't have anything, so we spend most of our time, you know, doing what God has called us to do, and and uh, carrying out His work. Mm. And He said, "You guys, you know, you know, your kids grow up. One one of them moves to California, the other one moves to New York, and 
it's like your jobs are more important than your families are. <laughs> they can't mm. they have a hard time comprehending that. And uh, yeah. and obviously it's a different cultural thing. But, you know, the point is that these are just really dedicated people and their whole lives are based upon, you know, a response to God's calling in their lives and wanting to see their nations one to Christ. And they're just they're just consummate evangelists, you know, mm-hmm. and um and so, yeah. like yesterday, you know, I was, you know, I, you know, we had some meetings. I had the president of the Baptist Union with me, and, and you know, we sit down in restaurants, and the waitress comes, and he just, it's just automatic for him. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing he asks the waitress is, uh, you know, do you know God? You know, mm-hmm. and tell me about your life. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about your spiritual life. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever accepted Christ as Savior? And, and. And he's really good about it, and people respond very positively, and he opens up just great conversations with people, and it's just he's just, just he's just infectious, you know. Mm. And you know, I took it's a great example to me yeah. as an evangelical that you know we need to you know but just be create bold and create and uh, courageous about uh, the sharing of our faith because that's what God has called us to do, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's like a fire. I think those torches come should come to our in America, and just to yeah. put a revival here to Absolutely. really challenge us. I think that will be very helpful for us to be more focused because, yeah. like you said, Absolutely. we're distracted front and back with all social media and news and politics, and we probably un- lose sight of what we're supposed to do. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's really refreshing to hear your story, even myself, mm-hmm. and it will be refreshing to our audiences to be more refocused on, as a Christian, what we have to really focus on, right? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I hope I can be an encouragement, and uh, and I've really enjoyed uh, spending time and talking with you. Yeah, it is very encouraging because... We don't hear the story, the details to what's happening. Actually, Ukraine, Jewish, left uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. to leave uh, in Israel, and then another war broke out. It's not a movie. This is a real story. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's happening right now. I know. I'm, yeah, I know. and I think people here, we live here, we complain about inflation. Yes, it hurts so many people too, but... We're still in the God's blessing, and I think we should be more focused on on this that where God is mm-hmm. and and be in that fire together and I think that's yeah. what we should bring everybody in to even throughout the medias and uh conversation gotta go back to refocus right yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And it's really encouraged me. Again, it may even help me to refocus. And Mm -hmm. about, yeah, my faith and life and also encourage others to be a part of this God's kingdom work and helping Mm -hmm. really people in need. So please share with us one more time how we can help. uh, Well, uh, we have a pretty robust uh, website. And mm-hmm. so it highlights a lot of the work that we do through those churches uh, in those countries. And uh, and some people may have an interest in training. Other people might have an interest in sponsoring church planters. But uh, as it relates to what we've been talking about, uh-huh. um, you know, the war, in, the war in Ukraine continues to rage on. Mm-hmm. And 
many people got involved early on and you know a lot of humanitarian aid distribution was being conducted early on but now that it's not in the front page of the news uh, most of that uh, most of that support has um, died out mm. uh, so for us we continue to raise money uh, to funnel humanitarian aid through our church network uh, mm-hmm. not only just to meet people's immediate physical needs but to meet their spiritual needs as well because every encounter with somebody you know that 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 has no hope is an opportunity for those churches to share the gospel with them mm-hmm. and we've just seen tremendous fruit uh through those churches as people have been ministered to uh through both word and deed so that's the case in ukraine but in in israel this is an active war and it's only going to get worse and mm-hmm. those churches need to be resourced and prepared to be able to you know meet the needs of these people uh who who are uh, have again lost hope, and many of them are Ukrainian refugees who came to flee mm. the war. Mm-hmm. Now they're in the middle of another one, and yeah. um, they've lost hope. Yeah. So this is a great opportunity to share the gospel with them and, and see many people come to faith in Christ. Yes, yes. So again, it's sga.org, sga.org, or you can call us at 1-800-BIBLE-50. Yeah, Okay. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Mr. Michael Johnson. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I hope everyone is encouraged from the good news. Thank you. Shell Brothers was recently awarded the highest honor for a new home builder, Builder of the Year for 2023. Some of the many reasons Shell Brothers won this award include their mission of happiness, happiness for their customers, their team, and the greater community. Additionally, Shell Brothers is well known for their innovation, homes built with patented shelter technology, their unique customer journey, and their incredible curb appeal. To learn more about Builder of the Year, Shell Brothers, visit shellbrothers.com.